Hello everyone! I just wanted to pop in here a little bit early and let you all know that this is going to be the season one finale of 400 Words of Horror. Woo! You made it! Um, I hope you guys enjoy what we have in store for this episode. We're excited for it and we'll be back in a little bit of time with some more content for you guys. Don't worry, we're not going to be gone forever. You can't get rid of us even if you try your hardest. <laughs> but that being said, I present to you episode 10, Butterflies, the season one finale of 400 Words of Horror. Enjoy! There you are. Welcome to 400 Words of Horror. Welcome, welcome to my horror haven. First things first, you have to remember that you're here by your own volition. These stories are here to spook you with fun and are not suitable for everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Feel free to leave if today's stories are not for you. Oh, you're still here, huh? I would be totally okay if you left, but I'm glad that you're still here. Today, I feel strongly about a specific subjects. I have been fascinated with butterflies recently. They are such an interesting species, don't you think? Oh, I knew this guy who loved butterflies. Well, he used to, at least. Well, why don't I tell you his story? When he was growing up, he loved butterflies, just as any kid would. The colorful wings of the little flying bugs would mesmerize anyone who saw them. He even loved the ones that came out of the rotten foods in his granny's home. While liking bugs this much was not preferred by his parents, it was normal for his age. When the kid was close to becoming a teen, he had his first butterfly incident. It all happened so quickly and seemed harmless. He was at his granny's, wanting to get a snack before playing in the garden, despite everyone warning him not to, since dinner time was so soon. He sneaked into the pantry, looking for his favorite cookies. Jam-filled butter cookies. He knew his granny would walk through here when he asked for them, so he was sure they were in here somewhere. He was right though he didn't know that there was more than one jar. His grandmother was a forgetful woman who hid the cookies away last time he was there, but had then forgotten she had hidden them. The cookies he thought were freshly baked were three months old, so when he opened the jar with a big grin, he didn't expect small butterflies to swarm his face. The kid screamed as loud as he could and dropped the glass jar. He took a few steps back to free himself of the butterflies, but they just kept flying back into his face, hitting him harder and harder. His mother opened the door in a rush, fear on her face. The butterflies scattered out the door, leaving the kid alone. When the mother realized what had occurred, she laughed, lifted the kid from the floor, and said, that's what happens when you don't listen to the adults. Of course, it was harmless to the outside view but he knew he couldn't trust them anymore. Those butterflies had attacked and hurt him, 
hitting their little bodies into his face, and only leaving when his mother had come inside. He did not read much into it, though. Just that he didn't like butterflies anymore. The second butterfly incident happened when he was a freshman in college. He was out with friends, returning home after a party. He had gotten his license a few months ago, and was chosen as the designated driver. As his friends were drunk out of their minds, he was the only one sober and awake. He was about to turn the corner of the road to his first friend's home, when a butterfly hit the window. He didn't notice or pay attention, since a bug hitting windows is an ordinary event on the road. The boy only noticed it when three more butterflies were on the window, surprisingly alive. Then five more came, then ten, thirty, fifty. Soon the butterflies covered the entirety of the front window. He couldn't see anything, so he stopped the car, turned on the windshield wipers. It didn't help. The windshield wipers didn't seem capable of killing an army of butterflies. When he gave up and tried to wake one of his friends, he noticed a butterfly on his jacket. Then four more butterflies were on him. Then seven, nine, eleven. As he started to scream, his friend woke up, and the butterflies on him flew out the window. His friend was confused about why they stopped and what he was screaming at. When the boy looked to the windows, there were no bugs around. He tried to explain what had happened to his friend, but his friend just said, Bro, you were supposed to be the driver. Why would you drink? From then on, he kept telling people that he was afraid of butterflies, hated butterflies, and didn't want to be near them at all. Everyone saw this as a cute but weird quirk and moved on, making jokes to him about how Butterflies were about to conquer the world, or the butterfly tyranny must end. He didn't pay it much mind. He knew what happened. Two times was too much of a coincidence. His paranoia continued as he avoided butterflies. He grew old and had his own kid to warn about eating cookies before dinner. Unlike his childhood, his kid's fascination with butterflies was not of awe, but horror. He would make sure that his family never went anywhere that butterflies ought to live. Unfortunately, his son had his heart set on camping. It was all that he wanted for his 10th birthday. So he and his wife found a place where butterflies weren't exactly part of the ecosystem anymore. They did some research and found a meadow where the butterfly population had been in decline. It wasn't great news for the local ecosystem, but it worked out for them. They set up camp somewhere close to a small river. His wife and son went fishing while he gathered wood for the fire. His son was excited to learn how to make a fire in the wild, so he had to find the best wood available. There wasn't much in the meadow. Yet... He tried his best. Realizing that the wood he had gathered wasn't enough, he went further into the area with more trees. As he did, he didn't notice that he was going further away from the meadow and deeper into the forest. All he could think was to make this the best experience for his son. He gathered enough wood, and it was time to walk back. He was sure the weather was sunny and not windy. He checked it a few times before choosing that day, 
since the wind would destroy their perfect day. Then why was the wind blocking him from walking back? He stepped out of the forest, towards the camping site, uh, but as he did, he felt a bug hit him. He thought it was just a mosquito, was also struggling through the wind, but then another one hit him. He realized these mosquitoes had many colors. As he did, another two hit him, then another three. The number of butterflies escalated higher and higher as he stepped closer to the meadow. While this was happening, his wife and son back at the camping site realized that he was gone and began to look around for him. As they did, they saw a cloud of many colored butterflies putting on a flying show for them in front of the forest. Oh, I hope your father went the other way, his wife said to their son. Otherwise, we'll never be able to camp. The butterflies were turning around in circles like a hurricane. As they stopped their hurricane show, the butterflies flew into the forest, disappearing from view one by one. The wife and son never went camping again, as that day became the worst day of their lives. Oh, you thought my fascinations with butterflies were about how colorful they are? How naive of you, my child. Butterflies are no innocent creatures, you see. I have seen them do so much worse things than that. Of course, they are not the worst out of them all. Your kind, my child, will always remain to be the worst. The humans. When my new next-door neighbour moved in, I found myself fascinated by her instantly. I typically worked at my desk by the window and I watched, captivated, as she moved her bags and boxes in. I knew that probably I should have just gone outside and introduced myself, but I didn't, I just watched. Most people would take a while to settle into their home, I assume, before turning their side on the garden. But by the very next day, she was at work in the garden, weeding and planting for several hours a day. Over the course of spring, practically, her entire backyard was transformed into a dense thicket of shrubs and flowers. This suited me just fine. It gave me more time to watch her from my window. Watching someone through their windows, that was weird. But watching them work outside in the garden? Well, it wasn't like my window was going to turn around and face somewhere else. I wasn't sure what the intent of the expansive garden was at first. I'm not an expert on landscaping myself, but it wasn't exactly an organized space, or one that served any particular use as far as I could tell. She wasn't growing vegetables, the plants placement relative to each other didn't seem to be chasing any sort of aesthetic goal. The whole thing was honestly quite haphazard. It wasn't until the garden was finally done and she took the time to enjoy it that I began to notice the butterflies. 
The whole garden thronged with them. I couldn't identify most of the species in the garden, but it became abundantly clear that the reason for choosing them, the reason for choosing all of them, was simply the fact that they were the best plants for attracting butterflies. They flocked to her yard. And every day, no matter what else she did, she would sit outside, often almost perfectly still, with a sketch pad, and she would draw the butterflies. It seemed like a frustrating occupation, to be honest, sitting that still for that long in order to sketch models that had absolutely no interest in standing still for her to draw them. More than once I saw her throw down her pencil and pad in frustration when one specimen or another fluttered away. I still hadn't spoken to her through all of this. Why should I have? What would I have to gain from introducing myself to her? From her knowing I was there? I wasn't hurting anyone. I was just... watching. That was fine. That was all I needed. But I wanted to do something for her. Give her something nice for all of the entertainment she'd provided since she'd moved in. I went to the hobby store, got some supplies and a nice shadow box frame, made a trip to her garden when I was sure she was out of the house, and then once more to leave my gift on the garden bench where she usually sat to draw. Then, the only thing left for me was to wait. I saw her confusion when she spotted the gift, approaching it slowly, lifting it off of the bench. I waited for Choi to dawn on her face. Here was a butterfly she could sketch as much as she wanted, without ever having to worry about it flying away. A perfect specimen, pinned and then sealed behind glass. She screamed, and the frame fell to the ground at her feet. Well, I hope my fascination with butterflies doesn't get me stalked. <laughs> you can never be too careful, though. Hmm. We did talk about new me and new year last time you visited me, and I do feel like I need some kind of refreshment. I will take some time until our next story to move around. This swampy place is getting tiresome, if I'm being honest. I need a place that is more easy to maintain. Maybe next time you see me, I'll be in a flowery place. Ooh, that would be nice. Well, we shall see. Goodbye for now, my child. This has been a season one finale of 400 Words of Horror. Thanks for listening. This show is produced by Jem Iden and Lissa J. The episode was edited and sound designed by Jem Iden, who also voices our mysterious Haven. Our first story today was Butterflies, which was also written by Jem Iden. It was edited by Fortune Salem and Leo B. Moss and voiced by our wonderful Leo B. Moss. 
Our second story today was Fascination, which was written by Fortune Salem, and it was edited by Prax Kilowatt and Jem Iden. It was performed by Eli Schwartz. Links to all of the sounds that we used in this episode can be found on our episode documents. They all come from free sounds. The episode document also has transcripts as well as a full cast and crew. If you're interested in seeing our process, that's a great place to start. If you want to support the upcoming season two of 400 Words of Horror, we would appreciate you immensely. We have a big, huge overhaul coming, and we planned a bunch of really, really cool changes that we think you guys are going to be super into, and I know we're really excited about, so that's a great place to start if you want to help see that through. Our Patreon is also going to host some really interesting and fun bonus content during the break while we wait for our next episode to come out. So get over there while you still can. That's patreon.com slash 400 words of horror and or ko-fi.com slash 400 words of horror. Over on our Patreon, you can hang out with all sorts of cool people like Winter Star You, Taylor Michaels, Just Jenna, Henchman G, Jen W, Saza, and Cake, the coolest of the cool people. As always, though, the best way to support us is to leave a review on your platform of choice or word of mouth. Tell a friend about us. We would absolutely love to garner up some hype for the next season that's coming because we have lots of fun things in store. So that's a great way to get started. And you would have our eternal appreciation. If you want to keep up with your old friends here at 400 Words of Horror, the best way to do that is by joining our Discord, of course. We made a public Discord for fans of the show, and all of the cast and crew are in there. We like to hang out and talk to everybody. We want to foster an amazing little community in there, so please, by all means, come hang out with us in the Discord. The link is below. You can also follow our shenanigans over on Twitter, Tumblr, Blue Sky, all of those wonderful social media platforms. All of the handles for those are 400 Words of Horror. Part of what we're really excited about for season two is incorporating more and more feedback that we get from the listeners as well as fellow castmates and all of the above. But in order to do that, of course, we actually need the feedback. So please, by all means, our DMs are always open on any of those platforms if you want to send us a message. Our Discord server is currently being worked on as well. We're going to have a place in there for feedback and we like to keep it all together and share it with the cast so that we can take everything you guys say to heart and get better at what we're doing since that's the reason we started 400 Words in the first place. I have yet another special announcement for you guys. We have yet another exciting development over here for the cast and crew of 400 Words. We want to keep you guys posted on any of the cool advancements that our team makes in the audio drama world, because again, that's what we're here for. And this time I have the pleasure of announcing that Jem, Jem Iden, our one and only Haven, has officially joined the cast of What's in the Rift. You can hear their work over there. They'll be voicing Helen Katerja over in What's in the Rift, which is currently releasing episodes and will be doing so throughout our little hiatus. So you guys should go fill your ear holes with Jem's lovely voice over there, as well as the rest of their team. It's on the Rusty Quill Network. You guys will love it. So go check it out. Alrighty, loves. That's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for sticking with me to the end. Anybody who listens this far always makes me so happy. So you guys are the best. You can quote me on that. We don't have an official start date yet, but the team does have one planned. And once we've set it in stone and we know what we're doing, we're going to announce it everywhere. So don't worry, you won't miss it. And we will be back, I promise. It'll just be a little bit longer, dear friends. It'll just be a little bit longer. In the meantime, I love you guys lots. And I look forward to talking to you guys later. Bye-bye.